Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin with last night's vice presidential debate, which included issues important to us here in California, like climate change and wildfires. KQED's Katie Orr reports. The candidates started off discussing the COVID pandemic and the administration's handling of it. But the conversation soon turned to the environment. Vice President Mike Pence was asked what role climate change plays in California's wildfires. He invoked California's governor in his answer. With regard to wildfires, President Trump and I believe that forest management has to be front and center. And even Governor Gavin Newsom from your state has agreed we've got to work on forest management. Newsom has acknowledged forest management plays a role in reducing wildfires. But as he pointed out during a recent visit by President Trump, the federal government, not the state, manages nearly 60 percent of the forest land in California. When the conversation turned to criminal justice, Senator Kamala Harris used policies California Democrats have championed as a blueprint for a Biden administration. We will, on the issue of criminal justice reform, get rid of private prisons and cash bail. And we will decriminalize marijuana and we will will expunge the records of those who have been convicted of marijuana. Harris said a Biden administration would also follow California's lead by immediately banning chokeholds and carotid artery holds, like the one that killed George Floyd in Minneapolis. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Facebook has announced plans to prohibit all political ads until after the polls close on November 3rd. The tech giant says it will also place notifications at the top of the news feed, reminding users that no winner is decided until real news outlets announce one. From KQED's Silicon Valley desk, Rachel Myro has more. Facebook has previously promised to ban new political ads the week before Election Day and to take down posts that try to discourage people from voting or call for anyone to engage in intimidating forms of poll watching. The social media giant has resisted calls to remove misleading political ads and posts for months, including those from President Trump himself. But company officials now say his repeated refusals to commit to accepting the election's outcome, should it not go his way, have pushed them to take more dramatic steps. For the California Report, 
I'm Rachel Myro in Menlo Park. Today, the U.S. Department of Labor enacts big changes to the H-1B visa program for highly skilled guest workers, changes supported by both pro-labor Democrats and anti-immigration Republicans. KQED's Sam Harnett explains. About 100,000 guest workers have come to the U.S. each year on H-1B visas since 1990. Workers for Bay Area tech companies like Google and Apple compete in a lottery with workers at large international IT firms like Wipro and Cognizant, which end up with a majority of the visas. There is a long history of employers abusing H-1B visas to outsource jobs and underpay foreign workers. The new reforms would ensure companies pay H-1B workers higher wages and make a more concerted effort to find U.S. workers for the jobs. Howard University political science professor Ron Hira says the abuses have created an unusual bipartisan coalition. So you've got this kind of interesting mix of both Republicans and Democrats who are pushing for reform. And then you've got lots of Republicans and Democrats who take a lot of money from the tech industry who oppose any kind of improvement in standards in the H-1B program. Silicon Valley's not happy. The new changes will almost certainly be challenged in court. For the California Report, I'm Sam Harnett. Governor Gavin Newsom is setting a goal of conserving 30 percent of state land and coastal waters by the year 2030. Yesterday, the governor signed an executive order that calls for using the state's own natural resources to remove carbon emissions, which drive climate change. It's part of a growing international movement. The hots are getting a lot hotter. The dries are getting a lot drier. This is real. This is happening. And if you don't believe in science, you got to believe your own eyes. The order also calls for better management of forests and soils, wetland restoration, and other ecological measures. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. In Northern California wine country, the Glass Fire has ravaged more than 67,000 acres so far. But losing vines to fire isn't the only way climate change is haunting vineyard owners, as we hear from CAP Radio reporter Scott Rod. This year, fires hit Napa and Sonoma counties at the peak of harvest season, instead of later in the fall, as they have in past years. But even the vineyards and wineries lucky enough to have survived are still struggling with the impacts of smoke and hotter temperatures driven by climate change. Hey, hi. Um, come on in. This is the tasting room. Carol Shelton has been making wine for over 40 years. In the back room of her winery, there's an experiment happening. Below oak barrels stacked to the ceiling are plastic buckets filled with crushed grapes from this year's harvest. These are each one different samples and we've fermented it. If you lean over, you can smell it. She's looking for any hint of smoke, and not the kind you might find in a glass of Pinot Noir. It's an acrid kind of a taste. Not really acidic, but sort of sharp, and uh, it, it kind of burns your throat a little bit. Shelton saw the 2017 Tubbs fire claim her old neighborhood. 
Three years later, the smoke and fire have returned to haunt her business. There's one, two, three, four, five, six wines for sure I cannot do, and I'm, the jury's still out on one or two. I've actually been at the edge of tears all week. Growers are equally as concerned about the smoke. Some winemakers are refusing to buy grapes if they're not tested by a special laboratory. And some insurance companies won't pay claims for ruined crops without those results. Anita Oberholster studies winemaking at UC Davis. The labs are overrun. I mean, you have waiting times of 30 days. And people are supposed to make picking decisions next week. On the outskirts of Santa Rosa, half a dozen farm workers fill plastic tubs with freshly cut grapes. So we've got Ribola Gialla, Tokai Frugliano, the Greco de Tufa, Fiano, and a little bit of Pinot Gris, all squeezed into five acres. Chris Boland is with Atlas Vineyard Management, which oversees more than 100 California vineyards. He says hotter temperatures resulted in a smaller grape harvest this year. The heat, it just sucks the water right out of them. So, yeah, we're seeing yield losses of 15, 20 percent. And the impact trickles down to farm workers paid by the weight of a workday's harvest. Lighter grapes mean a lighter paycheck. Experts say the long-term outlook isn't so rosy. Vineyards are going to be dealing with these changes for decades to come. Lee Hanna is a senior scientist at Conservation International. Some of the changes may be very, very difficult to cope with if we don't get something done about climate change. He says vineyards will likely have to switch to grapes that are more resilient to heat. And warmer weather in California will push grape growing further north or to higher elevations. Back in Sonoma County, Carol Shelton is planning to build a new winery just outside Santa Rosa, knowing all too well the risks posed by climate change. I, I'm so tired of these fires, I just want to leave California, but I can't. She remains adamant Sonoma wine country is here to stay, even if the region's shape shifts below her feet. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in Sonoma County. Scott mentioned the Tubbs fire in his story, one of dozens that broke out three years ago today in wine country. 44 people died. More than 20,000 homes were damaged or destroyed. One belonged to Leo Abrams, who wrote this essay. I was a fourth grader on October 8, 2017, when I woke up to furious winds and I looked out the window to see fire in the yard. Our smoke alarms rang and I yelled to my parents, fire, let's get out of here. We all rushed into the car, drove through the flames, barely made it out alive, and didn't stop till we got to my auntie's house in Oakland. Days later, when I learned all my toys and home were gone, it reminded me of the book I read weeks before the fire called I Survived the Great Chicago Fire, 1871, by Lauren Tarsis. I asked my dad if we were going to rebuild to rebuild like they did in Chicago. He said yes. I then asked would our house and the others in Santa Rosa be built out of brick like in Chicago. He didn't know. Then I reread that book and saw amazingly that it was the same day as our fires here in Santa Rosa, October 8th. Wow. I also learned that it was actually only after the second fire of Chicago in 1874 that the Windy City made big changes. Are we going to wait for another fire here in Sonoma County before we make big changes? I hope not. That was 7th grader Leo Abrams. That is the California Report for this Thursday. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, 
offering remote telefinance services with financial advisors and digital financial planning tools, personalcapital.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement, and water heaters only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968, licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 